back to Paladino Live for episode number 21. It is the 23rd of July. It is Wednesday, the 23rd of July in 2008. And we are back here on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading and listening to this wonderful show. It is great to have you on board. And don't forget to tell your friends about this show as well, as uh, it's more than worth it. Now, first of all, here on thesportstuff.com, we have a message boards. It is on the upper right-hand corner of the front page of thesportstuff.com. Click on TSS Boards, and you will be able to sign up and join in on the message boards, talk some sports, interact with all of us podcasters and members of TSS. We have almost... 200 members now. Things are going pretty good, and it's great to have all of you on board. Now, here on Paladino Live, we also have a call-in line on thesportstuff.com. It is 916-912-4263, 916-912-4263. It is how you get on the air on the shows here on thesportstuff.com. Treat it as a voicemail. Simply address which show you are calling for. And then after that, state your opinion, your comment, your question, whatever. And you will be aired on the next show. You will get to hear your voice on the next show. Now on today's version of Paladino Live, the 21st installment of this show. So we're moving right along, which is good news, of course. Well, today we're going to talk about two teams. Is the Minnesota Wild not on the show today? No news. And um, obviously it's the off season, so no news with the Wild. Finally getting quiet with them. <laughs> so that means we can adjust more to the Wolves and Wild, as there is Wolves news. Uh, wild Twins, I apologize. There is Wolves news, and the Twins continue to play. And, uh, yeah, there's always news with them as well. With that, we're going to return, and we're going to start off with the Minnesota Timberwolves. What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here only on thesportsstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. And we are back here on Paladino Live, and it is time to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. We are ready to rock and roll. Uh, last week, well... Now, there were three major free agents for the Wolves to uh, hopefully keep. Their names were, of course, Ryan Gomes, Sebastian Telfair, and Craig Smith. Now, to me, those were the priorities in that order for me, of course. Gomes first, Telfair second, Craig Smith third. Um, I wanted them all back, of course. I mean, it's not like I wanted any of them to leave. But I also figured Craig Smith would probably be the most likely out because, you know, there's a lot of guys playing the same position and all that good stuff. But, yeah, so last week, Craig Smith. Craig Smith, the first of the three to sign. So that figures. Um, nothing wrong with that. Of course, yeah, it was a two-year deal. And uh, terms of the deal, still, like the money terms anyway, still not available. Still not available. So 
I'm a little bit frustrated with that. Uh, pretty safe to assume they're anywhere from 1.7 million to about 2 million, 2.2 million a year, something like that. So, so we'll see what happens. It's probably around 4 million total. So nothing major. Not going to kill the salary cap. Um, and now, well, a second free agent is signed out of those three. And this one, Sebastian Telfair. Sebastian Telfair has signed with the Timberwolves. And um, the news that the teams had reached an agreement came out, oh, about two days ago. I believe it was Monday. I saw it, first saw it on the Star Tribune, which was I thought that was pretty cool. So finally got something cooking. Of course, the Timberwolves declined to extend Telfair the one-year 3.5 qualifying offer, 3.5 million, that is. Um which is how rookie contracts go. That's usually the final year of the rookie contract. There's a qualifying dealy where they're, uh, if you decide to tender them, they're a restricted free agent or they just stick with that tender until, uh, you know, <laughs> until it's time for unrestricted free agency the next year. Um, so Sebastian Telfer was unrestricted. He could sign anywhere, and uh, we were unable to match if that were to happen. Uh, kind of a slight risk by the Wolves because you never know. Somebody might, somebody out there may overpay for him, and that would just be bad news for this team, of course. But uh, that's life. That's how the NBA works. But uh, savvy move by the Timberwolves as, well, Telfer inks a three-year deal, the third year a player option. A player option. Now, being this would that would be Telfair's third year with the Wolves. That is okay because, yeah, you know, like if he were to opt out, it's like say he gets much better in that karma time and he wants like a, a raise. Now, <laughs> it happens quite often that players opt out when they have player options, mainly because they want a raise, and uh, that could very well be the case with Sebastian. And uh, that could work out just fine, ultimately, because. Well, Sebastian Telfair, according to league rules, would have Larry Bird rights. His Larry Bird rights, because he would have been here for three years. Which means, regardless of how good Telfair is, we would be able to sign him to as much as as we want without any regard to the salary cap. Now, of course, there's some silver lining to that, and we've learned the hard way (laughs) in the past, signing Terrell Brandon to a five-year deal and things like that, you know, 60 million bucks. So, obviously, there's going to have to be some... Wise decisions made. So far, Kevin McHale is looking like he's learned a bit from his mistakes, at least salary cap-wise. He's getting better. He's getting a lot better. As you could have signed Bassey to $3.5 million or so like that, maybe a three-year deal or five-year deal, another cursed Troy Hudson contract. Thank God that didn't happen. So ultimately, we're going to see what happens with that deal. Uh, I wanted to keep Telfair. I did, and uh, he's back. Not everybody is too excited. Some people are really excited. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a middle ground there, and I'm trying to stabilize in that area. I'm trying to stay in that middle ground. He averaged 9.3 points, 2.3 rebounds in the big set, 5.9 assists. Not bad at all. Tenth in the league in the assist-to-turnover ratio. Not bad at all. Sebastian Telfer, a very solid backup point guard, and the only true, true point guard that the Wolves have, because Randy Foy is not a true point guard. He's kind of a, he's a combo guard. So ultimately, good news. Keeping Telfair is a good thing. Still needs to finish. Needs to learn how to finish at the at the rim more. Uh, continued to miss layups last year. Very frustrating at times. But uh, overall, not a bad player at all. He is developing into a solid player. 
His point totals were not a career high, but his minute totals were. Last year, his assist totals definitely a career high. He had 9.5 a few years ago with Portland, but, you know, wasn't the same player. Uh, field goal percentage reached 40 last year. Not bad, but three-point percentage only 28%. Free throw percentage mediocre for a point guard, 74 Um not bad though. Not bad at all. I'm 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 pleased with the deal. We're gonna just gonna have to see how this turns out ultimately. Uh with that quickly though, also this the summer league, a little bit of summer league talk here on Paladino Live. The Wolves ultimately finished in the five games, finished two and three. Uh win loss record doesn't really matter. It just you know, it just is what it is because most summer league players do not play in the NBA. Some end up in the, in the NBDL, you know, f- hoping to uh, crack a lineup spot later on with a pro team or with their uh, current pro team, like say they're a second-round pick or something or even a late first-round pick. And of course, the NBDL allows the player who may have been out of the rotation uh, during the regular season in the NBA get some playing time against, you know, decent competition. So uh, that could be Chris Richards' role this next year once again. As of course, players, well, yeah, young players only eligible for two years, I believe, to be sent down to the D League, which is unfortunate. But Corey Brewer and Chris Richard would both be eligible if it were to come to that. Uh, Brewer most likely will be on the big roster. Richard, who knows? Um, I'm a little disappointed with Chris Richard's performance in the DL as, um, being that most of these players in the summer league, not major, Players. I mean, you see guys like, um, I believe his name was Rick Brunson, look like, <laughs> he looked like Chris Paul out there. You know, Rick Brunson, a guy who averaged about three points a game in the NBA. He was a veteran point guard, backup, kind of in and out of the league. Yeah, he looked like Chris Paul against some of these guys, you know, a few years ago when I would watch this. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. But uh, if Chris Richard can only manage what I'm seeing here of uh, 6.2 points, 4.6 rebounds a game, I'm not that excited. You know, he didn't even, he only averaged .2 blocks a game. Not too exciting at all for um, for me with Chris Richard. I'm hoping he can continue to develop. Uh, I didn't mention his name as a restricted, or as a free agent, even though he kind of is a restricted free agent. Kevin McHale in the press conference today uh, and Sebastian Telfair addressed these other issues, uh, Gomes and, uh, and Chris Richard. Uh, he believes, he pretty much sees Chris Richard as, under contract because he's probably just going to wind up with this, the, the tender because the Timberwolves did tender him a qualifying offer. He'll probably just wind up with that because no one's going to throw $3 million a year at Chris Richard. No, that ain't going to happen. No. No. Not when you're averaging six points a game in the summer league. Um, Kevin Love, on the other hand, played pretty darn good in the summer league. Outstanding, and a lot of people are pretty excited about him right now as really the three main stars of the Summer League, were Kevin Love, Jared Bayless, the <laughs> indisputed MVP of the uh, Summer League, just phenomenal, averaging about 26 points a game. He looks like he's going to be a big-time player for the Portland Trailblazers. Now, yeah, what I said about Rick Brunson, yeah, I know, but at the same time, these guys are the real deal. You know, guys that are the real deal are going to stand out, and you're going to know they are the real deal. Um the other player that also stood out was Anthony Randolph. I apologize, a little bit of a brain fart there. 
Anthony Randolph of the Warriors looking good as well. So pretty exciting. Uh, on the rookie top 50 right now on uh, ESPN.com, they have Michael Beasley ranked number one. Greg Oden, who, of course, is going to have to be a rookie this year because he didn't get to play last year. He was just out the whole year. Major bummer for the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. And number three, do you know who it is? A 19-year-old who plays power forward, and uh, that's right. He was drafted by the Wolves. It was Kevin Love. Yeah, Kevin Love. Very impressive in the summer league. Absolutely wonderful. I was extremely impressed. He averaged about 19 points, 13 rebounds in the summer league. Um, you see things about this guy. He, he's going to be something. Uh, he had a very athletic rebound and dunk. On a play, you know, somebody missed. I think, yeah, Corey Brewer, what a surprise. He missed. There's another disappointment for you right now. Missed a layup, and, and the way Kevin Love just came flying in and jammed that thing in, that was pretty impressive stuff. Some Showing some unexpected athleticism. Uh, of course, the uh, outlet passing, which we've been told, taught, which we've been told about to death from um, analysts, and, of course, the Wolves, uh, the Wolves front office, oh, the outlet pass, the outlet pass, the outlet pass. Well, we finally got to see that, that and uh, looking good. This guy is one heck of a passer. There's some really cool videos on on YouTube. There's one where he does like a, he's at the top of the key or behind the three-point line, whatever, and just kind of zings it in on a nice bounce pass into, I believe it was Chris Richard. Just wonderful pass. Um I see a really, really positive future with this guy. And then the announcer uh, after the Portland Trailblazers game, that's the one I got to watch, uh, said, boy, people in Minneapolis are going to love this kid. Of course, no pun intended there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is, I'm a lot higher on this kid right now than I was uh, on draft night when the Wolves made that trade. A lot of people, I mean, I, I was scared to death that it was just going to be some steam, that was just some steam that would overrate a guy, and we're screwed. We're going to get a guy that's going to be maybe, a, you know, a 12 points a game, nine rebounds, 12 points, eight to nine rebounds a game, just mediocre player. This guy might end up being really nice, because he does a lot of stuff. Um, when we uh, were uh, in the position, we had to trade away Kevin Garnett because of the salary cap deal and everything, and we got L. Jefferson and all that. Now, they talked about how, yeah, like one major concern was, well, yes, yeah, so you have L. Jefferson who can score and rebound like Garnett, right? So you got that, but he doesn't have the passing ability like Garnett. As you, you lose that part of the game. L. Jefferson only averages about an assist and a half a game, so you don't really get that playmaking ability from the big man. Well, now you do have it, as Kevin Love is that guy. Now you have Kevin Love and L. Jefferson to kind of combine together. We're going to have a pretty good rebounding duo with those guys. I mean, we're talking 10 rebounds a game apiece. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Um, it looks like there's a pretty good possibility that Kevin Love might end up being the center of those two. Is uh, Clearly, we're going to have three forwards and uh, no true center in the starting lineup. It's probably going to be Kevin Love. We'll see, though. I mean, I, I I don't know. We may end up going with a large lineup at some point in time because then Kevin Love ends up being the small forward, as that would make more sense to me if you had to do if you had to put one of these guys at small forward with a true center. It would be Kevin Love because of the passing ability and uh, the outside game. He's got a little bit of outside game to him. 
So it makes it makes more sense, you know. A little teeny tiny bit of Larry Bird in him, you know, the ten rebounds a game and and the passing and the outside shot. So, you know, and of course the smarts that Larry Bird had. I am not comparing him to Larry Bird. Just saying, there's a little teeny tiny bit of similarities. Just a little teeny bit. We'll see. This guy may end up going on to become one of the great players in the league, and he may end up going on to be a decent player that people respect, but not, but maybe make it to one All-Star game in his whole life. But we'll see. As of right now, though, it's looking pretty exciting for Wolves fans here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Portland Trailblazers fans, though, should be elated right now. Absolutely elated. Greg Oden didn't even get to play last year. Uh, Brandon Roy has become an all-star. Dave, uh, David Aldrich. <laughs> LaMarcus Aldrich. I apologize. Getting confused with the former ESPN uh, reporter and current TNT reporter, David Aldrich. But uh, LaMarcus Aldrich emerging big time last year for the Trailblazers. Now you can have Greg Oden added to the mix as he's healthy now. And Jared Bayless, you're able to make that trade because Bayless slipped all the way down to 13th with Indiana. Man, oh, man. You know, you didn't even really have to give up that much. You know, Jared Jack, I believe, probably the main guy gone from that group. Man, oh, man, do the Portland Trailblazers have a future. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Crazy. But for now, we're going to see what happens. I, I think, yeah, the Wolves and Blazers are going to be – there's going to be a nice little rivalry in this division between those teams, I think, long term. These Seattle, I mean, Oklahoma City something. It's believed to be they might be called the Thunder at some point. Uh, Minnesota has a soccer Thunder. So, oh, goody, you're going to be na- you're going to have the same name as a minor league soccer team? Good for you guys. Anyhow. <laughs> Yeah, sorry I'm wandering around, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a nice rivalry between the Wolves and Blazers in the coming years. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, right now, of course, Portland, a heavy favorite, I hate to say. Um, we're going to have to see what happens. Craig Smith only played a little bit in the in the uh, Summer League. Uh, we'll see what happens. Not much really to make of it, to be honest. Because it is, you know, it is just the summer league, and of course he hadn't really been with the team for a little while because he was unavailable. He was not signed. He played sparingly. Didn't play at all in that final game against New York when the Wolves won 111 to 91. So not sure what happened there. But yeah, one final bit here, really quick, before we get into the Twins. I apologize, I'm running this a little long here. Corey Brewer. Average 9.8 points, 4.4 rebounds a game. So those stats, not awful, but field goal percentage, 37%. Not good at all. Free throw percentage, 64%. Um, yeah, Corey Brewer still struggling offensively. So the Wolves are going to have to hope for the best with this guy. They really are. It's going to be a long time, I think. Uh, they're going to have to hope he can just become a defensive specialist, especially early on. His defense is, is outstanding. His offense is below average at best, if not terrible. So that's where we stand at this point with the Timberwolves. We will return shortly with some twin stock. Here on the sportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. 
Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back. And, um, well, the commercial you just heard was my other podcast. It is, uh, Pretty successful, despite the fact it's still very new. I haven't done a show on that one in a while. It's only four shows in so far. So any of you Purple Mafia fans that are listening to this show, thank you, first of all. Uh, I appreciate it. It's great to have you on board both shows. And I, I do apologize. There has not been a show. To me, there's just not been enough going on for me to do a show, because I've just been kind of mainly focusing on this one with all the off-season news and the and the Twins baseball. There's a lot going on with this show, Paladino Live. So there will be a new Purple Mafia very soon. I was thinking of even doing one tonight yet. We'll see. Um, I know there's Favre talk, but we'll get to that in a bit. Because <laughs> uh, now it's time to talk a little Twins baseball. And here we go. Well... First of all, Francisco Liriano still not with the Twins because of the good rotation the Twins have. You know, you have Glenn Perkins, you have Scott Baker, who is probably the best of the bunch for the starters. You have the veteran Livin Hernandez, who's a quote-unquote inning eater. We've heard that a billion times. You have Nicky Blackburn, who unfortunately got beat pretty bad the other day. That was not good. You, but you also have, uh, or yeah, and you also have Kevin Slowey. So there's your five starters for the Twins. Now I understand that uh, you don't want to take any of those out of the rotation, but uh, you know, Francisco Liriano to me appears to be back, and I mean back, folks, big time. I think he's back. It took two years from the Tommy John surgery. But the Francisco Liriano that made the All-Star team after only playing two months of Major League Baseball, that's how good Francisco Liriano was and how good he probably still can be. He's probably changed his pitching a little bit because of the injury. You know, you got to adjust a little bit so you don't do the same problem and then kill your career. <laughs> but are you ready for this, folks? Now, Francisco Liriano's overall stats... In Rochester, AAA Rochester, the Twins AAA affiliate, is 9-2 with an ERA of 3.13, right? Now, the two losses and the uh, bad, or well, not bad, but the reason why the ERA is even 3 is because he did start out pretty poorly. With the Twins, well, his official stats for the year are about, uh, I believe his ERA is 13-5, because he struggled mightily. He just didn't have his timing back. He wasn't used to really being back pitching again in real games. And he carried that into the minor leagues for a little bit. Now, considering his ERA is that low and his record is that good, despite the bad start, are you ready for his past five starts? Francisco Liriano's ERA, and I'm not making this up, is .26. That means a zero is on the front. In five starts, he has allowed one earned run in 35 innings. In that time, he has struck out... 42 batters. That's over a strikeout an inning, folks. That is about 10 strikeouts a game. Now, I know that's AAA, but in baseball, there's plenty of AAA players that could, probably could make it in the big leagues. There's just not enough room for them. Uh, 
No, he's not going to do that good in the big leagues. We all know that. But you can't tell me he won't have an ERA of maybe of under three in the big leagues the way he's going. Yeah, Liriano, now, yeah, like I said, I understand you can't, you don't want to shake up a pitching staff that's doing that good. But here's the thing. Now, Scott Baker's ERA, now he's not going anywhere, obviously, because he's the best. His, his ERA is 3.26, fantastic. And then you go down to Nick Blacker, 3.83, also fantastic, considering, you know, he's very young and new. Glenn Perkins' ERA also, though, 3.84. So that's the tough part, right? That's the tough part. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Kevin Slowey, though, is at 4.41. That's a bit higher than I think Francisco Liriano's would be, right? You would think, despite the fact he's gotten better. And then you got Livin Hernandez. Now, he's all right. He's got his 10 wins, but you got to think that's a little bloated, right? Considering his ERA is 5.29. As Livin Hernandez has struggled pretty bad for the Twins the last several games. Um, i got to think Liriano is better than one of those five. What a tough situation. What a tough situation. Man, oh, man, oh, man, do I want to see Francisco Liriano on this staff. It's like you hate to shake something up, but what do you do? You can win a championship with a guy like Francisco Liriano, as the Twins arguably had the two best hitchers in baseball on the same staff in 2006 before Liriano tore up his elbow. Man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> what a bummer. Um, I didn't realize Perkins' ERA was that good. So he's really been stepping it up of late. He really has, thankfully. Uh, seven and two. Well, he had been until today, anyway. That's the unfortunate part. As last week, the All Star All Star break was still finishing up. Um, in between that time, the Twins have gone two and four. In between the well, the time in between, yeah, the Twins played a three game series with Texas, won that game two games to one. And today completed a sweep where, where uh, again, uh, the Yankees were swept or swept the Twins badly. As the in the East, the AL East, the Twins have struggled mightily this year, very badly. Uh, twins virtually are winless, you know, are nearly winless in Yankee Stadium in the last several years. It has been very difficult ever since Tom Kelly left. Uh, twins had a decent; they won the series in 2001, and that's the last time the Twins have won a series in. New York. I still remember that series very well. It was like a statement series for the young and improving get-to-know-em twins. But quickly now, Friday the 18th, not the 13th, so no horror story, thankfully. Twins shut out the Rangers 6 to nothing. Um, pitcher on this particular night was the aforementioned Glenn Perkins, who won his seventh game. Six innings, of course, no earned runs, one strikeout. Not bad at all. The bullpen, of course, holds on. Completes the shutout. The Twins defeat Kevin Millwood, who drops to 6-6. Six six. Player of the game for the Twins, Delvin Young at four hits in this game. As Delvin Young continues to have the kind of, he kind of has a little bit of the early Kirby in him. You know how Kirby Puckett always swung at bad pitches throughout his career. But, you know, and then early on, Kirby Puckett didn't hit home runs, but he had, you know, a lot of, he, he managed to get a lot of hits. I'm not comparing Delman Young to Kirby Puckett. We, I have common sense. He's not even close yet. But you never know, as Delman Young is a very talented guy, and he's shown in multiple cases this year that he's capable of getting three or four hits in a game. He's done it several times this year. 
batting average at 294 after this particular game. Castillo also three hits. So those are the two guys that stand out to me on this night. No homers for the Twins. As now quickly we're going to move right along. Twins win another one, and this was a whooper, was a whopper, whatever. 14-2. to Maurer and Morneau step it up big time. On this night, 14 to 2, folks. So the Twins have won this particular series by the, by this time. Uh, Delman Young, three hits again, getting his running average up to 299 at that point. Excellent. Denard Span, two hits. This guy, big time. I'm really liking this guy more and more. Joe Maurer getting his sixth homer of the year, so he's finally starting to hit some homers. Delman Young, his fourth. Justin Morneau, his 15th. And Busher, Brian Busher, getting his second of the year. So, excellent, fun night for the Twins. Three RBI for Maurer, two RBI for Young, five, count them, five for Justin Morneau, getting up to 73. Excellent, one of the league leaders in the AL for Justin Morneau. An excellent night for him. And, yeah, Livin Hernandez, he, it's... A lot of his wins have been on these big games where the Twins score a lot of runs. Now, early on, Livon was very good. Very good, but ever since, not so great. Uh, though on this particular night, he did catch seven innings and only two earned runs. Not bad. Gave up a homer. Because that's just going to happen. That just is. Gave it up to Davis. I see C. Davis. It's Chili Davis, baby. Remember him? No, not Chili Davis. It's, a, it's actually Chris Davis. So, first baseman of the Rangers. Not somebody I'm all too familiar with. Uh... But that's where things stand after this night. Twins, of course, winning the series. Um, several players getting hits, getting multiple hits in this game. 16 hits overall. Gomez had two hits. Maurer, two hits. Three RBI, of course, as I mentioned, for Maurer. Two hits for Morneau. Three for Young. Two for Busher. And two for D-Span, Denard Span. Outstanding game for the Twins. But then, unfortunately... A four-game losing streak that Twins are currently in begun the next day, Sunday. Now, Scott Baker pitched one one hell of a game in this and Sunday, and we lost one to nothing. Twins offense falling asleep, unfortunately, on this particular day. It's, uh, yeah, they, I guess they scored all the runs for the next four games in that one 14-2 game, unfortunately. Twins only total three hits in this game. Delman Young continuing, though. He at least gets one of those hits, so he's continuing to be a factor. Busher, the other hit. Joe Maurer, the other hit. So that's it when it comes to the Twins. Padilla, or Padilla, I'm, for some reason they're calling him Padilla. I don't know. Usually when I see two L's, I think Padilla. But uh, seven earned runs, of course, or seven earned runs, seven innings, no earned runs, no strikeouts, just two walks. He goes up to 11 and five. Um, Scotty Baker drops to six and three. Unfortunately, his ERA 3.26, really darn good, really darn good. He gave up the only run was the only home run of T Garden. That's his name. It was a guy, I believe it was the first home run and RBI of T Garden's career. He's a catcher for the uh, Rangers. He was called up very recently. I believe that was his first game in the big leagues. Yes, it was. And he hit a homer. Well, all righty. So there you go. Congratulations, T Garden. And that is, <laughs> they were talking about how he's probably going to get sent down right away after, you know, after that game or the game after or so. Yeah, go figure.
congratulations to him. He gets a game-winning hit, a homer. Now, the uh, the snide, as they call it, continues as twins. Of course, you know, it's okay. You lose one to nothing when you already won a series. It's just that's going to happen. That's baseball, right? But here's the part that's even more baseball. <laughs> the twins going into New York is really bad news, unfortunately. They get creamed 12-4 to on Monday. Um, Castilla stands out again with three hits, and Denard Spann stands out with three hits, both of them batting really well. And they were Castilla was batting average at 320 after that particular day. Spann all the way up to 329. Just wow. He had his third triple of the year, Denard Spann, his second double. Excellent run for Denard Spann, continuing to play some good ball. Uh, at this point, Carlos Gomez still the leadoff hitter at the time, as there's a little bit of a lineup change not long after. I believe it was Tuesday, so we'll get to that in a sec. Of course, the Twins losing 12-4. to uh, The RBI go to Carlos Gomez, Castilla with two of them, and Kubel getting his 47th. No homers for the Twins. Kubel getting just his one hit. Uh, twins leave 17 on in this game. A little bit frustrating. Uh, Yankees leave, managed to leave 16 on, yeah, despite the fact they scored 12, so that tells you something there. A lot of guys on base for the Yankees. Lots of guys on base on this particular day. Uh, Sidney Ponson, just seeing that name. Man, the guy who, uh, you know, was just a part of the lousy Twins rotate, or Twins free agent pitchers last year. Oh, my goodness. Ortiz and uh, Ponson, just awful for the Twins last year. Ponson is 6-1 and one with a 4.02 ERA this year. He did give up three earned runs in 5.2 innings, so he wasn't exactly great. Only two strikeouts and also two walks there, so the strikeout-to-walk ratio, 50-50. Not too good in that particular stance. Uh, Nick Blackburn, though. Nick Blackburn. Well, fortunately, he gets out of this game with a ZRA under four. But he only pitched one and, a, and two-thirds innings, giving up seven hits. Six runs scored, three of them earned, including a homer and one strikeout. Ah, Boof Bonser fills in. Cause he's like the long reliever now. Bonser will never start a game for the Twins again unless there's major injuries. <laughs> I mean, thank God for that. But, uh, yeah, not exactly fair and well in the bullpen either for good old Boof. Three Point one, six, three point one innings pitched, six hits allowed, four runs, all of them earned, three strikeouts and two homers allowed. Cresslow even gives up an earned run in his two innings. His ERA though, two point two eight, not bad at all. Or Breslow, I called him Cresslow, sorry. Boof Bonds' ERA by the way at six point five nine. Ugh. Matt Guerrero also pitches one inning. Gives up an earned run and walks to ERA of 3.46. Not bad, but some Yankee curse there. As uh, the A-bomb for A-Rod. It's an A-bomb for A-Rod. And the Yankees win. So there's the famous Yankees announcer there. And um, that's what happened. Is A-bomb, or A-Rod hit his 21st A-bomb of the year. Derek Jeter, sixth homer. A-Rod has three runs, or three RBI, sorry. Bobby Abreu gets his 61st RBI. Whew. Whoa, what a year he's having. Cano, also two RBI. Damon, RBI. Yeah, pretty good lineup for the Yankees. Yeah, and as I mentioned, Sidney Ponson, yuck. 
The Troy Hawkins is on the Yankees. So I'll just throw him in there real quick. He pitched the final two innings of the game for the Yankees. His ERA is 5.58. He, is, he allowed a run in the two innings he pitched. Now let's go to game two of this awful series. My goodness. Talk about the curse. You know, it's the Twins curse now, not the Red Sox curse. Ninth straight home win for the Yankees at this point. Kevin Slowey picking up the loss in this particular day. Kevin Slowey pitched 5.1 innings, gave up five hits, four runs, all of them earned, two walks, three strikeouts, allowing a homer. His ERA a little bit better than I expected, though, 4.41. So, you know, for this season, after this particular game. So it's not as bad as I thought, because I was thinking maybe he'd be the one you might temporarily move to the bullpen to bring up Luriano. I don't know. I mean, Twins fans out there, I am, you know, if, you know, go ahead and shoot me for saying that. I, I, I don't know. I think Liriano's just too damn good to leave down there. Especially after a series like this, you could have really used a Liriano to, to shut the Yankees up, you know, to shut those bats down. Cause this was just, this was a flood, man. This is a, this was a flood. It's awful. Awful day for the, awful series, excuse me, for the Twins. Uh, the Yankees only get nine hits, but score eight runs. They get eight runs in off of only nine hits. Mm. Sheesh, man. That sucks. Reyes continues to pitch well. He only got a third of an inning, but his ERA is 2.63. Crane getting, well, he was doing good until this day as he pitched a third of an inning. Four runs, three of them earned, man. Two hits, so Crane struggles. His ERA only 3.38, so surprisingly good still, <laughs> despite that awful day. Bass. Uh, you know, a guy, pretty much his job is mop-up duty. He's one of those type of relievers where, you know, you're down by a lot. Generally, you know, he's in there to just kind of mop up so you don't kill other people's arms. He got two in He pitched two full innings, walked one, struck out two. Not bad. So maybe he'll improve a little bit. Um, the only twin to stand out in this game, to me, Denard Span. And guess what? Denard Spann is the, now the leadoff hitter for the Twins. There was a lineup change. Carlos Gomez and Denard Spann switched spots. And uh, Spann living up to it. He drew a walk, and he got two hits. Excellent job by Spann. As, uh, Gomez has not been stealing bases anymore. And now, yeah, he's the nine hitter, as I said. So technically, the number nine hitter is like the other leadoff hitter. So there you go. And Castilla, you know, leave him alone. He's fantastic at batting second. He's got a lot of RBI for a second baseman. <laughs> and for a guy, you know, who didn't even start the season here. He's got 38 RBI. Not bad at all. And now, the final game of the series as the Yankees win. Again, one more time. As the, uh, the Yankee fans eating their Nathan hot dogs over there in New York City. Pull out their brooms is the Moose, Mike Messina, who is a twin killer historically. The Moose, as that's what the Yankee fans were uh, <laughs> were cheering Wednesday afternoon. The Moose leads the Yankees to get another victory. Uh, and how about this? Look, look at I get to see the top batter of the day for the Twins. Not Justin Morneau, not Denard Span, not Castilla. No, not even Joe Mowers. He's usually a guy who can get something done. Mauer didn't even play. Mike Lamb. That's, there's no surprise there, right? Mike Lamb, 
Nah, Mike Lamb always always goes three for four. Well, with his excellent batting average this year, his batting average is now two twenty nine after uh, going three for four today. So, all right, <laughs> that was that worked out, I guess, for today. Being able to put him in for Justin Morneau, giving Justin Morneau and Maurer a break today. Though, unfortunately, not the recipe for success if you're the Twins. Denard Span, surprisingly, 0 for 4 today. I mean, that's going to happen. Alexi Castilla makes up for it, though. Two hits for the Twins' second baseman, so he's the second best player for the Twins on this particular day. Gomez managing to get a hit in that 9 spot. His batting average has dipped all the way down to 248. That's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Twins muster nine hits, so not bad, but they're all pretty much spread out. Mike Redman and his typical boring day, you know, one hit, no RBI, no nothing, just, I don't know. Mike Redman is a good, solid pitcher, but, I don't know, or pitcher, catcher, but boring to me. Uh, I'm wrong, Justin Morneau did not have the day off, just didn't play in the field. He was the designated hitter, so that worked out okay. He got his one hit, batting average managing to stay. 317 range, so excellent. Delman, not Dimitri, but Delman Young, over four. Um, yeah, man, oh man, oh man. Just, mm. So yeah, that's just what's going on right now with this team. The bats fell asleep after a nice start against the uh, Texas Rangers. Mike Messina is now 13 and six with an ERA of 3.26. He pitched eight innings, no runs allowed at all. Six hits, seven strikeouts, 3.26 for Mike Mestino, who's pushing 40. And a guy who had kind of become a mediocre pitcher of late. One heck of a line for him. Uh, my goodness, he's going to turn 40 on December 8th. The Williamsport, Pennsylvania native, who was taken 20th by the Baltimore Orioles in 1990, back in the good old days. When Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was rocking and rolling in, in, in New York. <laughs> of course, uh, Messina, not a Yankee at that point in time, but uh, still East Coast-ish on the Orioles. Uh, I'm I just, wow. Mike Messina really stepping it up this year big time. Because the previous years, yeah, last year he was 5. His ERA was 5.15 with a win-loss record of 11 and 10. The year before, though, not bad. 15 and 7, ERA 3.51. So there's his... Last three, as you call it, last three years. Uh, Glenn Perkins, though, here's the other guy you might look at, possibly, if if you just got to have Liriano up here, which I'm thinking you kind of do. There's the other guy you might consider moving to the bullpen. Um, Perkins has been there before. And I'm telling you, the bullpen, other than Joe Nathan, not that great. Jesse Crane's okay. Brennan Bass is Brennan Bass. Um, Guerrero is okay. I wouldn't mind that idea. I really wouldn't mind having Perkins or Slowey demoted if just temporarily. It would be temporarily until Livon Hernandez is traded or whatever. It just leaves via free agency at the end of the year. Liriano is too good to be in the minor leagues. The guy is embarrassing the league. Now, when, when your ERA is 2-6, .26 in the last five games, he needs to be playing at another level. He's playing against children versus him. So... Yeah, the Twins have lost four in a row. This guy is not falling. It's just not. I understand that. But we have lost four in a row, and now we're only nine games above 500. Now, at one point, he'd be saying, Joey, what's your problem? The Twins weren't even supposed to be above 500 this year. But, yeah, you got a chance to do something this year.
Yes. I mean, I'm hungry, man. I'm hungry to do something. I haven't won a championship since 91. Now, I know Brewers fans haven't won one ever. They haven't even been to the World Series since 82. You know, Indians haven't won a championship since 48. The Royals haven't won since 85, and so on and so forth. Uh, well, California Angels, or Anaheim Angels, or L.A. Angels, or, or South, or Orange County Angels, you might as well just call them that at this point, because, you know, it's just the most confusing thing ever. <laughs> um, yeah, they haven't won one since 2002. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll calm down now. Um, but... But, you know, I'm, I'm hungry for another title here. This is Minnesota. This is where every time your hopes are up, they get dropped. So I want Liriano on this pitching staff. I badly want him here. God, I just, oh, I just can't. <laughs> I'm just, I love Liriano. I really do. I liked him more than Santana when he was here. That's why you can hear the, the just the, I crave watching this guy pitch. I, I really do. And, um. That's where I stand right now on the Twins and how things are going. you got to have the best pitcher available up here, man, and he is that guy. But uh, with that, I'm going to conclude this show, and again, I thank each and every one of you for listening. It has been a blast, as always, and uh, do expect a Purple Mafia to be released within anywhere from as early as today, tonight, to within the next week as training camp begins Friday. Just in time for the sub bus. No, that's an old inside joke. Is we used to have the sub bus deliver on Friday at me and Paul Tuniverse Caniff's uh, place of employment. Oh, about oh, circa nine years ago now, back in the good old days at DMS. But uh, with that, we're going to conclude this show. And uh, definitely, again, as I said, check out Purple Mafia when uh, it comes out. It, it will be coming soon. Uh, Hopefully we'll have some more Wolves news to talk about. We'll continue to cover the Twins here on out, as uh, that is a big part of Paladino Live, and I'm enjoying covering this team a lot more than I thought I would. A lot more. I mean, this is a fun team to watch and to follow. And with that, I'm going to wish all of you a great week. Uh, Wish me a happy birthday, (laughs) as my golden birthday is on the 29th, as that will be, of course, my 29th birthday next Tuesday, and I'll probably be a year older next time I talk to you. So with that, we will talk to you soon. Take care.